This is Blockbuster Film School. This is Blockbuster Film School. Welcome to Blockbuster Film School. I am your beloved teacher and secret confidant and Blockbuster employee that you yell at about your late fees, Mr. Alex Bonner. And I am joined by the manager of the Blockbuster and the principal of the Blockbuster Film School, Mr. Nicholas Souter. (coughs) Doing his geezer butler impression. How are you doing, Nick? Well... Three drinks in and I'm already hungover. Yeah. And you're wearing sunglasses indoors, so. That's not weird, though. No, it's not. It's weird for you. Well. Can you tell how hard I'm staring at your nipples? And it's only because you're so attractive with them on. It's distracting for me. You're here at the Blockbuster Film School because you want to learn. You have a, a thirst for knowledge of movies and bullshit. And we are here to quench that thirst. And help you kill an hour. Yes. Like doing the do. And this week. We're doing a personal favorite of mine and Nick's favorite actor of all time, Mr. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yes, me, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Nick. Yeah. What was the first Arnold Schwarzenegger movie you ever saw? Before we go into his bio. I- uh, well, it was either Commando or mm. Red Dawn. Ooh, he was an in Red Dawn. Red Heat. Red Heat. Yes. That's okay. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Hopefully it was fucking Commando. It was probably Commando. Because he's got the rocket launcher with three things. I know. Because if you're going to save... Fuck Taken. If you're going to save your kidnapped kid, you better bring a fucking three-tier rocket launcher. If I get kidnapped, okay, and I'm somebody's daughter, I want Arnold Schwarzenegger to come save me, okay? I don't know if I want a big, tall Irish guy who says slightly weird racist stuff. Uh, it's more and, than slightly. And has never done any of his own stuff. He was stunts. going to go kill any black guy he found. That's yeah, pretty that's, racist. That's Yes. Um, I don't know who you're talking about. Let's not talk about him anymore. He's a big fan of the show. So before we go into Arnold, my first was that I saw Conan the Barbarian when I was a kid on uh, VHS. My parents were watching it, and I secretly watched it from... <laughs> Because oh, it was R-rated, and I snuck out of bed and watched it from the landing while they watched the entire thing, because it was fucking awesome. My dad uh, made me stay up and watch <laughs> Commando with him. <laughs> yes. It was like that, Showtime or something. <laughs> yes. And it was like the night before the first day of school, and he's just like, no, 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 you got to see this. This movie's crazy. <laughs> Both of my parents were super into it. Honestly, like, I know Arnold later would become kind of a punchline a little bit, but... In my household for a long time in the 80s and 90s, Arnold Schwarzenegger was regarded as kind of like a demigod. Like, he was like, he's a lesser god, but honestly, he's Arnold. We should see his movies because they're awesome. I've probably seen the vast, vast majority of any movie that Arnold Schwarzenegger's been in. But let's go into Mr. Arnold Schwarzenegger, giant, seven-time... get into him? Let's get into him. You better believe that shit. Uh, <laughs> speaking of, Arnold's middle name is Alois. Or Alois? I don't know. I'm not sure about the Austrian names. Aloysius? I don't know. Arnold Alois Schwarzenegger. Sounds right. Which, one time he was on David Letterman, and Letterman said, what does Schwarzenegger mean? And he said, it means black plowman. And dude, one of the best retorts ever. David Letterman goes, how do the Kennedys feel about having a black plowman in the family? (laughs) (laughs) I appreciate that. Arnold was born July 30th, 1947. He's 72. He looks oh. fucking awesome. Yeah. Like, um, 
you may have heard this, but Arnold is maybe the most famous success story of maybe any immigrant in the history of the world. He was born in Austria. Uh, Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> From New Jersey. Yep. It's another country. <laughs> he isn't went it? to America. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty fair. I he left Jersey, it. became a huge hit. <laughs> yeah, that's uh Bruce. That's every Bruce Springsteen song. That's basically insulting. <laughs> we talk about I, I don't love, even like Bruce Springsteen. I love the boss, but that is a pitch perfect rendition. <laughs> of- <laughs> Oh, yeah, you're nailing it. Yeah. You're nailing it. That's what my Bob Seger. <laughs> That's all, yeah. Eh, Bob's got a... Bob, uh, anyway. Um, this entire episode is going to be impressions. Episode, oh, you, dude, what are you talking about? No one is ever done an impression of me in my life. Um, he was born in a place called Thal, Thal Styria in Austria. Guess what? His dad was a Nazi. Plays a... Like, if it turns out your dad was a war criminal, that's the music we play. The flock of seagulls? <laughs> that's just my... It's your Nazi theme? That's my, my intro music for if your dad was a Nazi. Oh, okay. Gustav Schwarzenegger. And he was also a police chief and apparently an asshole. <laughs> Gustav and Arnold's older brother, Meinhard, were apparently super dicks to him. What was his uh, nickname growing up? Cinderella. His family was super worried... Apparently in Austria at the time, yeah. it was a big concern that your kid would grow up to be a homosexual, <laughs> especially since he had a bunch of like oiled up like bodybuilders on his wall. He's yes. Like, oh, I want to be like them. It was so good. Yeah. They just called him Cinderella. And like they called like a doctor. They were worried he was going to be a homo. <laughs> like this is like a real concern. This is a real- uh, Spoiler alert. His dad and his brother both died in car accidents while driving on the influence. He, so- didn't, he also didn't go to his older brother's funeral. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, cold blooded. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you think you're so funny, man? Hot now, you're dead. Who's laughing now? Um, but that's an interesting thing, though. But his parents were like super strict, though, and that would eventually go into his like weird. Even though he was like, I'm going to get out of here and I'm going to be a big star, he was super like insanely dedicated to like any fucking thing he did because his parents were crazy. You have to fucking be good at shit and always doubting him. It's like you combine those two. That's always interesting to me. Like, you have to be super obedient and super fucking disciplined and work insanely hard. But also, we hate you. And fucking a lot of times that combines into very successful people sometimes. It also combines into, like, heroin addicts who die. Yeah. But sometimes. Either way, I was taking those. I wish my parents would hate me. <laughs> I got news. Uh, your mom called me earlier. She was like, just let Nick know I hate him. I was like. <laughs> I was there. Today. That's what the phone call was. I was, I was like, you got it. <laughs> but. Before Arnold even becomes an actor, he becomes possibly the greatest bodybuilder in the history of time. Five-time Mr. Universe, seven-time Mr. Olympia. That's basically like winning the Super Bowl seven times. And that was like in his teens and 20s. He just was like, now I'm going to get insane. It's an interesting idea, too. He saw it as a way to get out of Austria. And I find it intriguing that That was the way where he was like, I got to get out of Austria. I got to fucking do this. I have to go to America. I wanted to be like, that's the other interesting, like he wanted to be a movie star. Like when he was a kid and he was like, the way to do it is through bodybuilding, which is such a, like, no one thinks that, but he was correct. (laughs) He was like, no one ever does it. But he literally was like a bodybuilder since he was like 15. He was doing mega bodybuilding and we can jump ahead through that. Everyone knows Arnold was a bodybuilder. He was fucking awesome at it. I don't give a shit about bodybuilding, but it's very impressive what he did. I mean, 
winning a world championship in anything like that one time is fucking impressive to run the fucking show from the late sixties into the seventies is crazy pants. That's who does that? I don't Tom Brady, you know, it's like you're literally in that same breath of a sport where he's like the greatest ever, but then he makes pumping iron, which have you seen pumping iron? Of course. Oh, this is the first one. I grew up with cable in the 80s. Absolutely. If you've never seen Pumping Iron, I highly recommend it. It is a documentary about bodybuilding that stars him and Lou Ferrigno and a bunch of other guys. It is a comedy classic oh of the my era. God, it is so good. It's so good. There's so much him smoking weed. There is a scene literally just stays in my memory. If I feel down, I think about literally a scene before the Mr. Olympia tournament, the finals, and Lou Ferrigno is sitting with his parents having breakfast and Arnold Schwarzenegger just comes up wearing a t-shirt, which I believe says Arnold Schwarzenegger on it. And then he goes, Oh, hi, Mr. and Mrs. Ferrigno. It's so good to see you. It's such a shame. You have to come and watch Lou lose to me because I'm here. Lose your, Lou, you're going to lose. Your name has the word lose has the word Lou in it. Oh, this is such a problem. Like literally it's just, it's like the most polite trolling yeah. I've ever seen. Do you want to hear my Lou Ferrigno impression? Yes. No. <laughs> We're keeping it classy. It's just you. He's turning green. He's turning green and tearing out of his clothes. Ah. Ah. Also, Arnold was up for the Hulk, but they gave it to Lou. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, because he, he acted like less of a maniac on set, I imagine. <laughs> but yes, yeah, so he makes Pumping Iron 1977. Literally, while he's training for that movie, his father dies. And in it, he's like, I'm not going because I have to train. And... Uh, so he didn't go to his dad's funeral either. But there's a jump because he wanted to be a big actor. And in 1969, before Pumping Iron, Pumping Iron makes him into a, a star. But he made a movie called Hercules in New York. Have you ever seen Hercules in New York, Nick? Yeah. <laughs> what would you think? Oh, my God. <laughs> it seems like something I would have made in, like, grade school yes. if I was, like, High on fucking like macaroni and cheese and <laughs> cocaine. Yes. <laughs> it also like they filmed all of it just in New York. They were yeah. like, we don't have any sets. There's no permits. There's nothing. They're just doing it. And then he decided to overdub all of his lines. It was like watching some bad like Italian Gallo movie. It's great because there's a cut of it now where they don't dub it. Oh, for they real? have his lines, but his accent is so crazy. I don't know. I'm Oculus. Where is the Central Park? <laughs> there's a part where he throws a bear out of Central Park. There's a part where the U.S. Olympic team is training in Central Park, and he like comes up and is like, give me this discus. And, like tears a discus out of a guy's hand and then like whips it into a skyscraper. Was it, was it Jim McMahon? <laughs> I don't Oh, because, you know, the U.S. Olympic team trains in Central Park. That's where they at a softball field. Yeah, that's where they hang out. Yeah. There is a cool part where he's wearing like a like he's dressed like a fisherman. You know, he's got the turtleneck and the page boy hat. And he's he's just like Quint from fucking Jaws, basically. And it's kind of adorable. And there's a whole bunch of really weird characters. Pretzi, the pretzel dealer, who is his buddy, who is literally like going to kill himself at any moment. He's the most depressing New York character I've ever seen. And just him and Arnold Schwarzenegger were hanging out the whole time. But yeah, they dubbed him with a really terrible, like British accent. It's crazy. You know, obviously he made that in 1969. He's making like TV movies. There's a lot of hilarious clips of him, like on love boat. He's on a bunch of weird TV shows. There's an amazing one of him on the love connection where he's already kind of got long hair. And if you can find it, I think one time he was on, I think Conan or something or Jay Leno and they found it and they showed a clip of it. It was amazing. It's you know, like, um, 
contestant number three, if you were a tree, what kind of tree would you be? I would be the kind of tree that would have sex with you all the time. <laughs> like, it's literally like nonsense like that. But he makes pumping iron and he's kind of a little bit, already people know that he's this famous bodybuilder. He's a little bit of an LA character. People know who he is. And John Millis, and we'll do a John Millis episode at some point. If you don't know who John Millis is, I will fill you in real My quick. My favorite is the same as yours. <laughs> you have some, because I'll tell you, I'll fill you in real quick. John Millis was in that West Coast film school generation with Spielberg and Lucas. Uh, he wrote a bunch of movies. He wrote the first two Dirty Harry movies. He won an Academy Award because he wrote Apocalypse Now. He kind of co-directed it a little bit when Coppola was getting weird. He then made... Conan the Barbarian, he made Red Dawn. John Mills is kind of a little bit of an underground character, but his movies, they're such amazing action movies. And he had been running around with Dino De Laurentiis. Dino De Laurentiis, also, if you don't know who he is, he was a movie producer, produced a lot of kind of, not exactly B movies, but kind of just B plus movies, I guess you would say. For instance, a big hit of his was Flash Gordon. And Dino De Laurentiis was a big producer in Hollywood who made weirder stuff in terms of like sci-fi and fantasy who would take bigger risks. And Arnold was up for playing Flash Gordon. And Dino De Laurentiis supposedly as legend had this crazy Italian accent. He was like, you can't be, you can't be him. You can't be the, like, it is impossible. You can't, you can't, Flash Gordon, there's no accent. Like, I would love to see this because Dino De Laurentiis was like a tiny, tiny little dude who ran a chunk of Hollywood and him and Arnold Schwarzenegger just yelling at each other. What, why would the little man sit behind such a big desk? Ah!" But. Uh, Nolan didn't win. Yeah, he has an Oscar. Open. What? He didn't win for Apocalypse Now. He most certainly did. He might have been I a... I have the page open. It won Best Picture, right? It won for Best Cinematography and Best Sound. It didn't win anything else. Hold on. Am I out of my mind? Is this like the fucking Berenstein Bears thing? Is this like an alternate timeline? I don't think it won Best Picture. I swear to God, dude. All right, hold on. I'm, now I'm Googling it. Oh, weird. He didn't win. Yeah. Crazy. Well, anyway, he got nominated for Best Adapted Screenplay for Apocalypse Now. He did not win. Man, that's like the Mandela effect. I swear I saw like a documentary about Apocalypse Now where he won. That's so crazy. Anyway, I also do a lot of drugs, everybody. So <laughs> it's very possible that Brian and Nick are not here. I'm just doing the voices. Um, My name is Nick. I'm not really here. <laughs> you become Yoda. I appreciate that. Um, that was Schwarzenegger. Oh, was it? God oh. damn it. I'm done. I'm done doing the voices. <laughs> no, you have. To, it's part of your contract. You have to do the voices. There's uh, a contract for this? Yes. You signed it in blood. Oh, what is happening? What is happening? That's why we have our shirts off. That's part of the contract. I thought it was just our thing. Yeah, that's true. Anyway, so by that point, though, Millis has some clout. He is working with Dino De Laurentiis, and he has desperately wanted to bring the novel and comic book character Conan the Barbarian to the screen. And he's correct, where before there was nobody in his mind who could play the character. There's nobody who looks like that kind of art, the Frank... uh, the famous artist who did all the fantasy stuff. I'll think of it in a minute. But Arnold looks like, particularly at that time, like one of those guys on the cover of a fantasy book. He is super muscular. He's handsome in this very strange, like, how to put this weird, like, fantasy barbarian sort of character way. And he's Arnold. He has this attitude. And that's the first big breakout is that John Millis casts him as Conan the Barbarian. You've seen Conan the Barbarian, right, Nick? Yeah. Did you enjoy it? Not particularly. What? I don't give a shit. 
Really? Yeah, I don't care. God, there's so much crazy good shit in there, uh, though. I just didn't, it didn't, I don't really care. I mean, it was good. I saw it once when okay. I was like 10. Okay, well, I think you should watch it again. I honestly do. It's, there's a part where he chops the head off of a giant snake. And they make a practical huge snake that's trying to murder him, and he chops its fucking head off with a sword. A sword. So they had one take. Uh, they would have had to, I assume. <laughs> they didn't have the budget for too many practical, massive snakes. He punches a horse in the face. There's a part I would highly recommend on the DVD commentary for the movie Conan. There's one with Schwarzenegger and John Milnes, John Millis, where they just talk about making the movie. And there's this amazing part where there are dogs that chase Conan. <laughs> and apparently, Millis said that the dogs were trained, you know, kayfabe dogs. And apparently they were not. They were just crazy dogs. And they actually chased Schwarzenegger. And they actually attacked him. And he actually fought them off. And Millis was like, keep it going. Just keep keep rolling. Keep rolling. They're attacking me. <laughs> He's like, fight him off. Fight him off. <laughs> and it's, it's great. It's honestly, the movie... I'm sorry. There's some great lines in there. The prayer to Krom at the end, like, I'll never pray to you, but if you want to help me, then the hell with you. I I love Conan the Barbarian. It is one of my all-time favorite movies. And it led to a, a sequel, which is one of the dumbest movies of all time, Conan the Destroyer. It's also, I love that movie. It is? Okay. No, I've never, I've never seen that one, actually. <laughs> Nick has a Conan the Destroyer tattoo. It's just of Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. It's right next to my Bill Hader's head, too. <laughs> that's true. When you get that, it's going to be great. It's kind of fun to watch. It has Andre the Giant and um, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar in it. So that should tell you something about. Yeah. Also, real fast turnaround sequels. Dino De Laurentiis sequels. He's like, if I can make money, make another yeah. one. Like, <laughs> and, Halloween 2 right now. Right now, right now, before they forget that it's a movie. Like, I don't think that's how it works. Like, And um, that did lead to... The movie that I think you've been waiting to talk about. We don't have the rights for that. We can't. It's like cost us um, a fortune. I'm allowed to do it with my mouth. That's part of the parody laws. If you can do it with your mouth, you can get away with doing any score you want. Okay. I think that's true. Um, that's going to be our whole John Williams episode. Absolutely. Well, after Conan... It catches the eye of one of your favorite directors, one of my favorite directors, Mr. James Cameron. Who? He's a Canadian. Oh, he the made Canadian Piranha guy. Two. Yeah, yeah, Piranha Two. Yeah, exactly. That's a tattoo I've across my yeah, uh, nobody stomach. Is. <laughs> Piranha Two, back in the habit. Yeah. And Mr. Cameron wanted him to play Kyle Reese, the main character that would eventually be played by Michael Ben in The Terminator. But Schwarzenegger basically just says to him, "No, no, I'm the Terminator." And apparently there's this crazy moment where Cameron's like, what are you talking about? He doesn't have any lines. And, and this is supposedly, according to legend, what Cameron based all be back on is that Schwarzenegger just looked at him with sunglasses on and said, trust me. And then he's like, all right. Okay. All right. And he was the fucking Terminator and it changed. Conan was a hit, but Obviously, I mean, they're still making fucking Terminator movies. I know. They, they they're going to make Terminator movies ago. long after us. Long after he's dead, they're just going to CGI him in. Fucking. What was the first time you saw Terminator? I remember. It was like either. What's first? Memorial Day or Labor Day? Memorial, Memorial Day. Day. It was yeah. Memorial Day weekend. It was on the Day. sci-fi channel. Oh, really? I watched a weird edited version oh. where like 
like he goes in the mirror and like he puts the fucking scalpel up to his eye, and then the next thing you know, it's just he's just rubbing his eye. <laughs> it was like the oh. most awkward cut of all time, and I was just like, I need to see this. Yes, somebody take somebody take me to a video store. They're gonna blockbuster. I want to blockbuster right now. I got it from Hollywood Video because nobody wanted oh. to give me a ride, so I lost. <laughs> that was a lot closer to my home. That's fair. That's our other podcast, Hollywood Video Mediocre Community College. <laughs> Hollywood Video Trade School. Hollywood Video. We sell NC-17. Yeah. <laughs> so. You want to see Kevin Bacon's dick? You yeah, come here. Yeah, yeah, You want those real crazy video games that they won't rent at Blockbuster? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the CEO of Hollywood Video, everybody. It was Joel Hollywood. There's a whole lot of Joel Silver going on here. It's <laughs> every episode. That's right. I went to a sleepover, and my buddy's dad had a knockoff VHS copy of Terminator 2, right? And he allowed a bunch of, like, second graders to watch it at a sleepover. And it clearly was a guy with a camcorder in a movie theater filming it, right? But it didn't matter because it was fucking awesome. And I went home and I told my dad. And I was like, Dan, you've been holding out on me, motherfucker. Terminator is awesome. Is the first Terminator as good as Terminator 2? And my dad just kind of solemnly had to be like, all right. And then we went and rented Terminator. (laughs) And it was awesome. It is amazing. We'll get into Terminator 2. Which is funny. My dad had to fast forward through the part. I still got to see Linda Hamilton's boobs, but they were real fast. They were like, like, I saw saw." (laughs) But obviously Terminator is a huge hit. Also, just while we're talking about this, you know who they originally, who the studio wanted to play the Terminator? Who? OJ Simpson. Oh, well, ironically. Yeah. (laughs) Because the juice never did anything that would make him the Terminator. No, no. (laughs) No, no. He definitely didn't kill his ex-wife and her boyfriend in a horrible, hyper-violent melee. No and then way. write an entire book about it called If I Did It. <laughs> if I Did It, which is not what a serial killer would nope, do. definitely not a confession. No. And then definitely didn't try to steal back some of his memorabilia from a guy in a Las he, Vegas he got, hotel he room. Got, he got convicted of that. We could talk about that openly. I know, but my favorite part of that story is that the juice went in with a gun and a ski mask on. And he was like, give me my stuff back. Yeah. And then the guy said, OJ? Because <laughs> you're still one of the most famous people in the world. Yeah. If Tom Hanks was wearing a ski mask, I would be like, Tom Tom Hanks? Yeah. <laughs> no, give, me, give, give me back my stuff. Come on. <laughs> That's my stuff. I'll kill you. Tom Tom Hanks? No, it's Colin. <laughs> or Jerry uh, Seinfeld. The uh, accent doesn't hold. I, love, oh, I, I have made fire. Um. Anyway. What's the deal with stealing my stuff back? <laughs> if if Seinfeld tried to rob me, it would be a great day. Oh, I would, yeah. I would let Seinfeld, like, stab me one time. Come on. I'm going to stab I know you. I should. I've got to use it. <laughs> he's got white tennis shoes on and, like, mom jeans. And he's he driving. He stabs you and he goes, bup, 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 bup. <laughs> and Then he gets into, like, a super rare he gets into a Porsche. $30 million yeah. Porsche and cruises off. Anyways. Terminator, cross the board hit, makes him, makes Cameron. Everyone is wearing fucking the giant black sunglasses. People are saying, I'll be back in everything. Every other comedy that comes out in the 80s. People everything are like, that Arnold Schwarzenegger has ever been in. But not just him. Like, all, lots of people are like, I'll be back. And then he follows it up with Red Sonja. <laughs> Which, I got to say, Red Sonja is kind of fun. It's more fun than Conan the Destroyer. Um, he plays Kalidor because they couldn't get the rights for him to be called Conan. And Conan and Red Sonja were Marvel characters in Marvel Comics, it would cross over a lot. It's pretty fun if you like fantasy movies. It's more fun than I would say than Conan the Destroyer. It's not great. Uh, Nick, have you seen Red Sonja? No. Uh, if he's got a sword, I don't really care for it. We should watch Conan the Barbarian again. I love it. I genuinely love it. And you can watch it. What are you doing next month? Uh, next month? Uh, 
Well, I've got my bottle collection, my glass bottle yeah. collection. I got to clean, so that's going to be like an afternoon, and then. Um, no, I think I'm open. I'm yeah. busy. Ah, so that's fair. That yeah, makes sorry. sense. You got to do your Seinfeld impressions. Boop, 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 boop. Um, anyways, then he makes his name is John Matrix. Goddamn right it is. <laughs> and he is in a movie called So Dumb Commando, which I think Commando, though, I would make this argument. Commando is the first Arnold Schwarzenegger movie where he makes it. If anybody else is in that movie, no, it doesn't work. It doesn't no. matter. No one cares. It's stupid. He basically plays. The human version of like a Terminator. Kind of. But it's also surrounded by a bunch of drug dealers who shoot like stormtroopers. Agreed. But it's kind of the first time too where he gets to be Arnold a little bit. Like truly be like I know Conan, there's a little bit, but like now he's super famous, like that's me chomping on a cigar. You took my daughter, I'm going to fuck you up. Fucking and like shoot you with a three-prong missile launcher. Here it comes. That's have three missiles. It's the 80s. And it's like his Rambo. It is the most 1985 movie you could make. It really is. It's insane. <laughs> it's basically the movie Taken, but if the guy, instead of just being like a CIA agent who figures stuff out, it's Arnold Schwarzenegger, and he just blows up everyone until he finds his daughter. It's possible that Commando has of, the most explosions of any movie ever. It ever might. Seen. Also, along the way, he sort of like kidnaps Radong Chong. Oh, my God. He kidnaps Ray lots. Radong Chong. He breaks so many laws. Yeah. <laughs> he kidnaps He kills people. that dude from the, from the Warriors in the mall. He commits... Hundreds of murders. Yes. Hundreds. He's a mass murderer. Yes. No one ever, ever has cared that much about Lisa Milano since. Yes. yes. Not even her. <laughs> not even Oh, that's not true. Would you watch Commando again now? Absolutely. I Absolutely, watched it a couple yeah. years ago. It's fun. With you. It is fun. Yeah, you're right. It, yeah. People, it's fun. It's super dumb. It's the first time I think he drops F-bombs in a movie. Yeah. Which is sort of awesome because Arnold has a way of dropping f I'll throw out your fucking spleen. Yeah. Like, Arnold loves dropping F-bobs. It's great. But to be fair, Commando is a huge hit. So you have Conan, huge hit. Terminator, huge hit. Commando, huge hit. Then he makes a movie called Raw Deal, where he plays two characters. I've seen Raw Deal. You know how many scenes I remember from Raw Deal? Two? Zero. I've seen it, too. I don't remember any of it. I don't remember a goddamn thing of that movie. It also, like, didn't make its money back. Yes. I love the... uh, Top Rotten Tomatoes reviews for it says 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. Hilarious. It's <laughs> one person. <saying> it. <laughs> so that should tell you something. And then he made a little indie movie the next year. Yes. He made a small indie movie called, is it pronounced Predier? Predi- it's French. Predetator. Predator. Le Predator. Predator. Yes, where he plays Dutch, which I love that they're all one word names. They're like code names. After this, he passed up playing John McClane in. Die Hard, which is kind of probably better, actually. Better, yeah. yeah. It wouldn't have been as good. Yeah, was. right. There's something about Bruce Willis, particularly, where it's like... Or at least in the 80s, there was. Yeah. You underestimate him, you know? Yeah. You're like, this guy, he can act. Yeah. And then you're like, he can act. That's crazy. Um, Spot a fake ID, he could be a fucking bartender. <laughs> it's like, he's enough explosives to blow Arnold Schwarzenegger yeah. into orbit. Also, when uh, Teps pulled into the back, I was like, welcome to the party, pal. Mm-hmm. I say welcome to the party, pal, to everyone. Yeah. It's literally gotten insane. But, okay, this is also another one. This is Predator. Predator. The John McTiernan opus. I have so many stories gonna, about Predator. I'm going to say something. Yeah, do it. Perfect movie. It really is. Perfect fucking it movie. It truly is. All of it works. The music. It's also kind of a take in that way, I suppose, on Aliens, where there is a monster 
but you have these guys who are all that, the most like muscle bound, crazy, psycho killer guys. They can't be stopped. They're the most dangerous motherfuckers. And this alien just fucks them up. That's like, amazing. That's the brilliance of this movie. Yeah. The first half of this movie until they fucking kill everybody in that camp. Yeah. It's just a straight action movie. Yes. It's all like the thing with the, you son of a bitch. You son of a bitch. With like him and Carl shit, Weathers. Like, it's just like, oh. look at our biceps. Oh we are God. so big. And then like the fucking Shane Black character is like talking about pussy and mm-hmm. like all this shit. And they're like the big badass dudes going to the jungle to fucking murder everybody. And they fucking do. Yeah. But then once they get rid of all the humans, yeah. it turns into a horror movie. Agreed. It flips instantly. It's so goddamn Agreed. good. Agreed. It's so goddamn good. It's so goddamn good. There's also, there's literally so... John McTiernan and Carl Weathers, there's some cool stories about how them on set really kind of helped Arnold go down a little bit of a different path with the acting, kind of being like, hey, you should be a little more subtle with your stuff. Everyone expects you to be over the top. Everyone expects you to be really bombastic. With something like this, maybe, you know, pull it back. Maybe be a little more of a nerd. Maybe be a little more of a... and. I think it changes. I think the, it's his best acting. It definitely changes Outside the course. Outside of playing a Terminator. Agree, but it changes the course for him of his career, literally. that, And he said this, that literally watching Carl Weathers, who is this guy who was also kind of a bodybuilder and a professional athlete, do this, do really high-level acting, and then McTiernan being more of a kind of, even though an action director, being more of a subtle actor's director and being like, hey, I want to actually try some stuff with you. I really want to push you and have you have some weird backstory stuff that I want you to have internalized when you talk and things like that. And it really comes across, though. It does. does. There's a lot of depth to Dutch. There really is. And, you know, not so much to Jesse Ventura, who would also be a... (laughs) Governor, yeah. but also it'll, it'll uh, make you into a uh, sexual tyrannosaurus. Yeah, <laughs> this is a great line. Everybody always does the lines like, "It's like uh, you're bleeding. I ain't got time to bleed." And oh. They always forget the best part comes up. It was like Shane Blackstar is like, oh, "Okay." <laughs> um, um, also, real fast, yes. Pause the podcast. Mm-hmm. Go on YouTube and look up the Predator montage from the end where they show everybody. Mixed with Family Matters theme song, mm. it is fucking amazing. It is that end sequence, that title, it's too oh, much. It's so good. I mean, obviously, we'll have our blockbuster wall, but Predator is so good. There's so many stories. We could probably do an episode on Predator. There's an amazing story about, according to legend, that John McTiernan just by happenstance sat on a plane with James Cameron from New York to LA. And not only did Cameron basically pitch Schwarzenegger to him as being, he was like, no, dude, you don't understand. This guy's awesome. But also Cameron was a visual artist as well. He could draw stuff. And they initially wanted Jean-Claude Van Damme to be, he was signed up. He was in the movie. They shot his scenes. Yes, he was going to be. He was basically a giant lobster. Right. He was going to be the Predator and it wasn't working. The costume wasn't working, the design. And supposedly, according to legend, he went back to New York. And then when he's coming back, he rode on the plane with James Cameron. And Cameron was like, can I take a shot at it? And kind of literally drew over the stuff and made the sort of opening yeah. mouth and the mask. And he was like, he's from another planet. He's a hunter. Literally came up with all this backstory because he's, he's fucking James Cameron. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And Kevin Allen Hall, who was Harry and the Hendersons and the predator and was awesome. They huge, human being. huge human being and the perfect use of special effects, the heat seeking vision that the predator has yeah. and the using the triangle, the, the weird, shoulder-mounted laser blaster that fucking just blows motherfuckers up. I mean, it's amazing. Yeah. It is amazing. So, I mean, we have to move on, but yeah, Predator happens in 1987. Same year, then, he makes The Running Man, one of the big Stephen King movies that comes out. Richard Dawson, everyone's favorite 
lightly kissing on people in the 70s host of Family Feud. This is the bad guy. He's awesome in it. I'm sorry. He's great. He's an amazing villain. Um, if you've never seen The Running Man, The Running Man basically is The Hunger Games, but way more 80s and dumb. <laughs> way better outfits. Way better outfits. Also has the governor of Minnesota, former governor of Minnesota in it as well. They made three movies together. They did. They're friends. Like, that's some sort of big surprise. Yeah. But Running Man is, it's dumb. It's fucking dumb. <laughs> it has Yafet Koto in it. Yeah. There's some fun shit in it, though. It's, yeah. it is I very- mean, Arnold doesn't make- like god awful movies. Right. He makes movies that are either amazing or you yeah. can watch them. Right. There's a reason he's in Mensa and has like a 135 IQ. And also, it's like he can sense. He's like, this movie might be dumb, but this is right at the zeitgeist right now. Yeah. This is 1987. This is a Stephen King movie. The script is crazy. This has all this stuff going for it. This might work. And 1987, dude, The Running Man and Predator are the top two grossing movies of that year. It is crazy. I honestly don't know right offhand the last time there was like a star who had the top two movies in the same year. Not the fact checkers were going, but hmm. uh, the top grossing movie of 1987 was Beverly Hill Cop 2. Thank you for that. Anyways, they are super high grossing movies. Okay. That's right. They didn't beat the sequel to Beverly Hills Cop. I apologize. Sorry, everybody. You're going to turn it off now. I apologize. That's the end for that. But also at this point, he's Arnold, dude. Just by the fact that his name is on the fucking poster, he is going to, in the wrestling term, draw money. He will draw money. There is money just by his face being on the poster. And they really, really try that because they have one of Nick's favorite movies after that in 1988 called Red Heat, where (laughs) he stars as a Russian man who is teamed up with the moron Belushi brother. (laughs) And you can eat it, Jim Belushi, okay? When you show up at Bears games, they lose. It's your fault, all right? I want that to be clear. Nick, what's your favorite scene in Red Heat? Oh, the one where um, they shoot those guys. (laughs) There's a scene where Arnold shoots guys. Yeah, it's crazy. But yes, so he makes Red Heat. Can we talk about Red Heat? Do we have to? No, we don't. Okay. Fuck Belushi. Um, yeah, no, he's, he's terrible. Because in 1988, he also makes a movie that is actually good, and it's also a huge mega hit. It's also his first comedy. It is Twins, mm-hmm. starring him and Danny DeVito. It is also the reason that David Cronenberg's movie Dead Ringers had to be called Dead Ringers and not Twins. Holy shit. Because they made that, that movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Cronenberg has hated yeah. Schwarzenegger ever since. <laughs> Also, we've never seen Dead Ringers. We'll talk about it on our Cronenberg, yeah. but it's real spooky it's and cool. Creepy. It's real creepy. It's about twin gynecologist brothers who start falling in love with the same woman and go insane and get real weird with it. That's a real movie. That really happened. It's on the Criterion, too. It's mm-hmm. really good. But twins, I love. Okay? I'm sorry. Twins is amazing. I love Danny DeVito. Love Danny DeVito so and much. it's a shame that their follow-up was so terrible because him and Arnold have more chemistry than... Arnold and the female, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like him, no, it's, <laughs> him and DeVito have a love affair that I actually believe. Yeah. I'd watch that. It's the first bromance movie. Maybe I, not the first, but like it definitely is a it's great one. Both of theirs first. It's a great bromance. Yeah. It really is. It always stuck out in my head. There's a part where Arnold drives a car on two wheels for no apparent. Much like he did it in uh, commando. Yes. Yes. He loves doing <laughs> it, that. It makes a lot more sense though. in twins. It does. It does. Yeah. Twins. If you've never seen it, it's about weird genetically engineered brothers so that one of them is Arnold Schwarzenegger and 
One of them is the crap left over. It's <laughs> Danny DeVito. One of them is the penguin. <laughs> One of them is uh, Mr. Freeze. Yes, that's true. That is true. Yeah. And we'll oh, chill out. Oh, don't worry. <laughs> what killed the dinosaurs? The Ice Age. <laughs> but yes. There's so much good stuff. There's a part where Arnold comes out of a store wearing a T-shirt that says "Bad to the Bone" on it. Yeah, oh. Oh, it's so. There's there's a part where he has sex with Tom Hanks' wife, or maybe it's John Travolta's wife. Which I one? I think it's it? Kelly Preston. It is Kelly Preston. Yeah. He has sex with John Travolta's wife. <laughs> Kelly Preston is super great in that movie. So is Chloe Webb, who is an awesome '80s actress, who was like Danny DeVito's girlfriend. It's Chloe Webb. Uh, she was in a lot of like '80s movies. She was really funny and kind of weird and. Um, was in Sid and Nancy and Practical Magic and like a lot of like 80s weird stuff. But she was kind of just this funny, weird character actress I always kind of remembered. And also Twins is directed by Ivan Reitman. Yeah. One of his follow-ups to Ghostbusters was Twins. And it has some weird kind of science fiction stuff in it, which is interesting. But it definitely also then changes the career. He has only done crazy action movies and then he makes a comedy, and it is a smash fucking hit. He cannot be stopped. He cannot. Oh, Arnold can't do this? Well, don't try and put him in a weird drama. We'll get into that later. But action movies, comedies, fuck it. Sort of like that thing where it's like what Superman can't do. It's only the things he hasn't done yet. Inter- the yes. Same thing with Schwarzenegger. That is totally. I agree with that entirely. But then we enter the 90s with Arnold Schwarzenegger, which is another is an entirely different beast. He's now... The Presidential Medal of Fitness and all this other crazy shit. Outside of movies, he's larger than life. He's Arnold Schwarzenegger. He is, you can see the trajectory that will make him a governor. Like, he is not just a movie star. He is an American icon. He is a American success story. He is an immigrant who became the biggest movie star in the world. But he directs an episode of Tales from the Crypt, which, That's I, right. which I remember because he's in it. And... It's one of like two things that he's directed, and it's called X-Con, X-Con. It's an episode in 1990 of Tales from the Crypt. I, I kind of recommend checking it out if you want to see Arnold direct something. It's not great, but it's no. it's fun. It's got it's actually not. I guarantee it. there's no blocking. <laughs> no, put the camera on me. Yeah. <laughs> More camera on me. The lighting needs to be better with my pecs. When he says his lines, you should point it at me. <laughs> People need to come to see him. But in that same year. He then makes Total Recall. Yes, yes, yes. A Paul Verhoeven joint. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> a, I guarantee no one else in Chicago has said that tonight. I a, guarantee it. If P- not the last week. A PKD, a Philip K. Dick <laughs> yeah. book um, <laughs> called Memories Sold Wholesale. Getting into it again. If you've never seen Total Recall, it has that kind of cheeky campiness of 90s sci-fi action like Demolition Man and things like that, but it is pretty rad. It's great. It's yes. a great fucking movie. And cool. Also, why didn't Philip K. Dick put out any new books? <laughs> well, maybe he did. Oh, okay. He's oh, da- yeah, that's right. He's, he's Dan uh, Brown. <laughs> I see. No, that's a that's an I insult to PK. I thought he was a. I thought he wrote in here advice. <laughs> I. You know what's funny is that's an interesting theory. I have always thought that was an interesting theory because I don't want to take anything away from Thomas Pynchon, but there's a possibility that Phil K. Dick is Thomas Pynchon. Yeah, that would be great. <laughs> that's I'm calling you out, Pynchon. Yeah, you call me up if and you're you, listening to this podcast. Yes, you tell me whether you are or not. You fucking weirdo. Don't just I'm call hiding. PT Anderson unless he'll call us. That is such an interesting thing that PT like met him and talked on the phone and he it's won't, weird, right? but he won't tell who he is. I'm like, Oh God, that's so fucking, if it's, what if it is PKD? Like, yeah. Oh, that's so crazy. 
It's like Jim Morrison or something. <laughs> it's Jim Morrison. I've never watched a movie again. No! Also, the twists in Total Recall are great. Yeah. They would change what you could do with sci-fi and action after that because you could have some really cerebral, wild-ass twists. How many movies have now a scene where someone sees a video of themselves that they made in case something crazy fucking yeah, happens. Like the scene where he has to pull the thing out of his nose too. I know. Oh man, that that's also just Sharon Stone beating his ass, beating his ass, and then him, scene. then him just punching her in the face. And we're not condoning that. I'm not condoning it, but she is a murderer. She's an assassin who was like sent to kill him, or was she? Which is also I know. I love all also, of that. Also, I'll I'll be the one to bring it up. Three titties. Three titties. Michael Ironside. Michael Ironside is so good. Oh. I read this thing between every take on that movie. Michael Ironside was on his phone and Schwarzenegger walked up. What are you doing on your phone? What are you? He's like, he's like, my sister has cancer. I'm just talking to her and trying to see how she is and yeah. trying to help her out. And he goes, okay, wait, we'll do something. And they went into Arnold's trailer and they called her and he talked to her on the phone for three fucking hours and gave her a workout routine, yeah. gave her diet things, all this shit she could do to help yeah. with the cancer stuff. And like Michael Ironside has said that he's him and his sister have never forgotten that. And they will always hold Schwarzenegger in their heart. I will say this dude, like I know he's obviously had flaws and things and we'll get into this a little bit, how yeah. like he actually is Conan the barbarian a little bit. He's from a small town became very hedonistic and charged because he was this gladiator like maniac. And then he started to figure out and became more of a stately, better human being and created more of a persona to help people. It's an interesting, weird chaos magic thing that he kind of became Conan the Barbarian, who would eventually become this very powerful and just king, you know, but was a wild man when he was younger. It's an interesting, interesting thing how that works yeah. out sometimes. But yeah, no, I only ever heard cool stories about Arnold Schwarzenegger. We were talking about how when he was the governor, when there were wildfires, he would ride in the helicopter that dumped water, and they were like, Mr. Governor, like, no, absolutely not. You don't not. have to be you, here, dude. People die doing that. He's like, I'm always, what's, who are you looking at? Like, <laughs> I ride in the helicopter. He refused to take payment as a governor. Dude, yeah. He only uses carbon, when he flies, yeah. he uses private jet, and he neutralizes the carbon right. footprint. I know he's Republican and like bus unions and shit. I don't agree with him all the way, but like yeah. he, you know, funded tons of education and fucking. He cares about yeah, people, exactly. which is different from Republicans. Yes, it's true. He's a California Republican. Yeah. Which is basically. He's a liberal Republican. It's basically the same level of like most of the Democrats we have now. The exception of like Bernie Sanders, who's not a fucking, who's not a Democrat. But then he makes his second comedy smash hit. Oh, yeah. It's not a tumor. It's not a tumor. Are these that, should, that should just be the name of the movie. <laughs> it's also, according to him, his favorite his movie. His favorite movie he's ever made. Yes. Kindergarten Cop. Kindergarten, kindergarten Cop. Detective John Kimball. <laughs> There's so much. Kimball! It's also, it is the first Arnold Schwarzenegger movie that I ever saw in the theater. My dad took me to see fucking Kindergarten Cop. <sighs> also, dude, if you've ever seen Kindergarten Cop, it's fucking bananas. The first scene, he blows a guy away with a shotgun. Kids movie. A kids movie. I like you, Cindy. I like you a lot. We're going to be spending a lot of time together. Holidays, weekends. It's fucking crazy. He's after a murderous drug dealer who also murders a guy in the first like 10 minutes, right? The bad guy in that movie, who I've never forgotten, he's only in a couple of other things. He plays this character called Crisp. And at one point, he tries to buy like a car racing set for his son at a toy store. And this other guy buys the last one and he tries to give him cash for it. And the guy's like, no, no, no. And then as the guy's getting in his car, he like 
puts the guy's head between the car door and beats him with the car door and um, takes the. That actor's name is Richard Tyson. Yes. And he's a member of the Shriners. His brother was the former district attorney of Mobile County. <laughs> it was a Democratic Party nominee for the Attorney General of Alabama in 2006. I just remember he was like one of the cops in something about Mary who like beats up fucking Stiller. Uh, also in Battlefield Earth, Me, Myself, and Irene, ooh. Black Hawk Down. Yeah, he's in stuff, but. Most of them don't have Wikipedia pages. No, but. He's such a great bad guy. They're like, he, is. he has the ponytail. He's spooky, man. And um, Kindergarten Cop is, it's fun, dude. I remember so much about Kindergarten Cop. So many of the gags work. So many of the jokes work. Another I, Ivan Reitman movie. Yes, yes. He has a ferret. There's a part where a kid tries to climb a tower and gets stuck. I mean, it's crazy. It's another movie where I also love the 90s-ness of it, where there's a lot of violence in it, but it's a kid's movie. You can take a kid's it's rated PG. <laughs> and I loved it, man. I loved it in the theater. I loved it afterwards. It created a whole bunch of stupid, famous actors making cop and kid movies, like Cop and a Half, starring Burt Reynolds. That movie's great. <laughs> but how it, dare you? How dare you? Do you have any other takes on Kindergarten Cop? Uh, it's one of the few movies where a, a child pukes and it doesn't gross me out. That mm, That's interesting. Yeah. Also, anybody puking in movies, I'm not a huge fan of. But just like the way the kid is, like it's it's pretty funny. <laughs> it also truly had some stuff in it where I felt like it was actually funny stuff with actual things that kids would do, like where the fire alarm went off and they all went fucking bananas. I definitely did that several times in school. Another movie filmed in Astoria, which is also like where Goonies was filmed. It's this kind of idyllic town. I just always like that as a backdrop. Kindergarten Cop's dope. It really is. It's and a lot of money too. Made a lot of money. It was a big hit. And then it led into another movie in 1991, a movie that no one cares about. It got panned. It's not a very good movie. It's uh, no one likes. Um, worst sequel of all time. Worst sequel of all time. Terminator 2, Secret of the Use. Yeah. And it is, you know, what is the Secret of the Use? You don't even fucking explain it. it. No. The Secret of the Use is Vanilla Ice doing a rap at the end. Uh, right. Where Which, Arnold just stands there. <laughs> he collapses the building. That's the end. Yeah. That's, the, that's how the movie culminates. It's a damn minigun. They fucking <laughs> shoot vanilla ice. In Dude, uh, Terminator 2 changes the fucking game. He gets back together with Cameron. They make Terminator 2, which still, if you want to say it's the best action movie of all time, I'm not going to argue with you that much. They drive a semi-truck off of a fucking overpass yeah. onto the fucking L.A. dried-out River Canal while they chase Schwarzenegger and fucking Eddie Furlong on a motorcycle. And they actually fucking did that. The CGI with T-1000 still looks so cool. Good. That entire movie has this really nice, weird blue tint to it, like mm -hmm. this weird filter. And it looks modern as fuck when yes. you watch it. Right. It has a cool twist in it that, you know, Schwarzenegger was this terrifying villain in Terminator as this hyper Michael Myers character. And then because in the future he's been reprogrammed by John Connor to come back to fight the T-1000, he's the hero. And so it has all this cool sci-fi. What is humanity? What is intelligence? What is, do you have a soul if you're a robot? I like Eddie Furlong in that movie. She's not my mom, Todd. Dude, when him and his buddy, like, hack. Yes. But when they fucking hack that ATM at the beginning, when I was a kid, I was like, this is the coolest movie that anyone has ever made in the history of time. Yeah. This is so fucking dope. And then they take the money to the arcade. I, I 
someone made a movie about what I would do, it, I assume this is what being a teenager was. I said to myself, this is the coolest thing that could possibly happen. Terminator 2, again, changes the zeitgeist, changes the culture. Terminator 2, across the board, it is super cool. One of the best movies ever made. Yes, yes. Top 15, and I'm just like dragging it out because I can't think of any other else. Also, yeah. pause the podcast, go on YouTube, yeah. look up the video for Guns N' Roses, You Could Be Mine. Yes, with Terminator. With Terminator clips, but also Arnold actually in it, walking through the crowd at some L.A. thing, probably the Viper Room, while Axl Rose <laughs> is in his fucking underwear doing his fucking like weird monkeys thing. And at the end of it, he meets them outside, and like he's got the fucking Target thing going on, they got Terminator vision. Yeah. And then, like, he passes up on Slash. He passes up on Duff, their old drummer, Matt, who's all on fucking cocaine and yeah. drugs right now. And then he gets the Axl Rose. And it just says, target identified, Axl Rose. And then it just goes, waste of ammo. <laughs> I've always loved that. I fucking love that song. <laughs> I have an Axl Rose tattoo yes. on my clavicle. This is I not know. a joke. Right. Surprises everybody. <laughs> right at the end of it, though. Axl Rose and Schwarzenegger fucking eating up the scene. They just exchange these weird smirks. It's like, hey, you're rich and famous. I'm rich and famous. We're doing some dumb shit right now. Yes. And Axl was like, I'm always going to be famous. Yeah. I'm going to be as famous as Arnold Schwarzenegger forever. I'm never going to. He kind of was. I'm never for 10 years going to run out onto the MTV Music Awards in a hockey jersey and run out too fast. And then in the middle of the song, lose his breath. Knees. Uh, yeah. Uh, because he ran 15 feet. Uh, anyway, that happened. Yeah, th- he makes a bunch of stuff. He's in a bunch of cameos. He's in a bunch of music videos. Yeah. He's in Dave, which I haven't seen in a while. But Scorny Weaver, we had a Scorny, awesome Scorny Weaver episode. And then he makes a movie that I love, that I saw in the theater. He goes back with John McTiernan. A lot of people didn't like it. I think it was too much for people back then. They didn't get it. They weren't ready for like Rick and Morty back then. They didn't understand meta. They didn't get it. And he made Last Action Hero. Also, they fired John McTiernan midway through because he was making it super meta. And at some point, someone freaked out and basically said, wait, what's the ending? And I'm very curious what the original ending of Last Action Hero was. But it ends up with it just him killing our guy, Noonan. Noonan, Tom Noonan. It ends up with him. Tom Noonan, come on the show, please. Yeah. Oh, God, I would love for Tom we'll Noonan. We'll get you a chair so that you could, you know, not feel like a giant freak. He is such a great villain. He's so He's scary so in that everything. movie. I love how scary that version of, like, early 90s New York is. Yeah, I love fucking early 90s New York. And that movie theater that he goes to with the magic ticket. Like, it has this weird golden age 30s Hollywood kind of thing to it where magical realism can just happen. And you go into the movie world, and the movie world is so much cooler than our world, and people blow up, and it's wild. It's There's also Charles Dances in that movie mm-hmm. from, uh, I guess he's in Game of Thrones. I've never seen it. Yes. But um, oh, there's yeah. a great scene where he yeah. like comes out of the theater, and he's in New York, and he sees somebody, and they're talking shit to him, and just shoots him in the chest. Yes. And then he just stands there, and nothing happens. He's yeah. waiting for the police to show up, and he goes, I just shot somebody. And so he goes, yeah, shut the fuck up. <laughs> He also has the fake eye with the uh, yeah the target the bullseye on it. Yeah, yeah, on it. Oh bullseye. man! I think more than any other movie, mm. Last Action Hero is an Arnie movie. Yeah, that deserves to be remade. I, mm, or I think it would be a great remake. 
or sequelized. I don't know. Just a remake. Like, uh, I, I, I really like. It'll never have I that like, '90s ness. It'll never. Cat, I'm like, okay with that. I yeah. think it'd just be a better movie. I think you could make a movie like that. I wouldn't want to call it Last Action Hero. I think. I would. I like the idea. That's an interesting idea of going into the movie verse and how the movie verse is different where everyone misses their shots on the, the good guys. No one is ever hurt by crazy explosions. The part where they go to blockbuster video, it's one of the first times where the sort of rivalry between him and Stallone pops up where they go to blockbuster video and it's Terminator two, but on the cutout it's Stallone yeah. as Terminator and, He's a great actor. I love He's it. Great. Oh I love man, him. yes, yeah. Jack Slater. Such a wild character, and it—they were ready for it to be a big hit. They had toys. They had all this crazy shit, man. They had a like, giant fucking like twenty-five foot inflatable blow up of Arnie. Yes, but because of the first World Trade Center yeah. bombing, mm-hmm. they took the dynamite out of his hand and replaced it with like something else. Yes, it was the first movie to be on a NASA rocket. That's what holy fucking, shit. That's what fucking yeah. Super Producer Brian Tepps is telling me. Um, Super Producer Brian Tepps also showed me that they hired a cheaper version of Alan Rickman yes. as Charles Dance. It's also crazy that this is how big Arnold is, though. Terminator Two and Last Action Hero. I think Last Action Hero was PG-13. Maybe that's why they fired McTiernan, because he probably wanted to make it more <laughs> hyper-violent. But Terminator 2 is a super R-rated movie, and there's a crazy toy line for kids mm-hmm. and had awesome toys that I had some of. And this is how big Schwarzenegger is. This is how big this thing is. Like that, is that is that you could get all the collectible cups from Subway. Yes. Oh, my God. He's a cultural phenomenon. Yeah. He's, at this point, like way beyond movie star. Way be like, that he is... Arnold Schwarzenegger, they call him Shuayu Chan in Japan. Like he is, he's huge. He's worldwide. He's apparently he also, do yourself a favor, go to YouTube and put in Arnold Schwarzenegger Japanese commercials. They are amazing. They are the most crazy shit you've ever seen. And back before the internet was really a thing, a lot of movie stars and like Hulk Hogan and stuff would make crazy commercials in Japan because they were like, nobody in America is ever going to see this. There will never be a, a system of connected computers with everything I've ever done that anyone, you, can, Al Gore. <laughs> that anyone can watch at any point. But you know what? Thank you. And they are amazing. Last Action Hero got, it was a flop, but it has definitely come back as a cult movie. People remember it. When I go to, you know, C2E2, people wear Last Action Hero cosplay, Last Action Hero t-shirts. It's a thing. There's always a guy dressed like Jack Slater. It's always happening. And it's pretty dope. Apparently in 1993, he made a movie called Beretta's Island, which also is this? Never heard of it. Berenstein Bears. I've never, like, really? I've never heard of that movie. But he played himself. Is it like a cameo? It's possible. Whenever it says, yeah, I, but yeah. But then 1984, he gets back for the third movie with James Cameron. James Cameron's comedy, True Lies, which kind of does what Last Action Hero was trying to do, which is be a meta action movie. And I fucking love it. I genuinely love the shit out of True Lies. It's kind of political commentary. It makes fun kind of... Kind of racist. No, I I would make the argument, though, that I think Cameron is making this thing where all the bad guys are Middle Eastern, like an action movie, you know? And all the good guys are white guys who live in the suburbs. You know, it's this sort of... There's no cool female characters, but then they flip that on the head with Jamie Lee Curtis, and she becomes basically the main action star of the whole movie. And I think True Lies is insanely well made. Also, it has our boy, fucking 
Bill Paxton, RIP. RIP. Being awesome. I think you can see our boy Tom Arnold. Well, I like Tom Arnold. Tom Arnold's great in that movie. There's a great line where Eliza Dushku, who plays fucking Arnold Schwarzenegger's daughter, puts on a motorcycle helmet to ride with her boyfriend to high school. And Tom Arnold looks at her and he goes, I remember the first time I got shot out of a cannon. It's so good. I don't know. I genuinely like Tom Arnold. I've always found him amusing. He's like the opposite of Belushi. <laughs> is actually very true. He's a character actor who's kind of a doofy. He's not from Chicago, but like sort of a Chicago guy, but who's actually amusing. And uh, True Lies is great. What did you think of True Lies? I liked it a lot better when I saw it was younger. I watch mm. it now. And like, I, I see what you're saying about like him doing the tongue in cheek thing. Yeah. But like, it's a seem sort of racist. I feel like uh, Tia Carrera's acting hasn't aged well. That's true. But it was nice to see her in it, though. It was. It was it's nice, nice to, to see her. It was nice to see her in a movie where she didn't have to fucking kiss Mike Myers. No. And that scene where they dance the tango and stuff, it's it's yeah. kind of dope. No, it's a great, I think it should have been like 20 minutes shorter. Also, when Cameron initially pitched it, the idea that he initially had was that when Dick Van Dyke goes to work in the Dick Van Dyke show, if you've never seen it, it's just Dick Van Dyke always is at home. It's a home sitcom. And he always comes home from work. And they never say what Dick Van Dyke does. And so the initial idea was that Dick Van Dyke is like an international super spy and mega killer assassin and that he just comes home and is like a boring dude. And that was initially how it was pitched and that was how they wanted to make a movie. But Arnold was too big at the time and he does his best to try and make that movie, right, where – when he's at home, he's just the best dad and the nicest husband. And he's we have to posit the element that because Arnold Schwarzenegger is so famous, there is this crazy thing that happens in every single Arnold movie where there is a giant bodybuilding Austrian man being like, hi, my name is Jack Slater. I'm just a regular American guy. I brought you a snow globe, honey. Hey, how's it going? And everyone is fine with it. And yeah. no one mentions it. They just stopped even bringing up the hey, fact. You. Is your dad in Royce? <laughs> What the alpha? It doesn't matter. Hey guys, <laughs> that definitely comes up in Jingle all the way. Where he's, I'm just a regular Minnesota dad. And also, I would. It kind of makes an argument that maybe True Lies might be his last really kind of great breakout hit. You know, where everyone it was a huge hit, and. Like you said, yes, there definitely was always kind of backlash that like all the bad guys are Middle Eastern. And I genuinely believe, though, that James Cameron's too smart a filmmaker to just be like, they killed the Middle Eastern guys. It's That's what everyone was doing. The Desert Storm had happened. And and like you said, the World Trade Center bombing and this kind of he made this movie that's almost kind of sentient. This is sort of where America will position itself now that the Soviet Union has fallen, who the bad guys are, quote unquote. And. You're right that it doesn't age well because it's so sentient in a way. It's so prescient, I suppose I should say. But I like True Lies. There's just too much good shit going on in it, in my opinion. I understand that it doesn't age well in certain parts, but there's some really dope stuff in it. There's also a great movie called Junior that comes out after that. Said nobody ever in the history of time. They had to get Danny DeVito and him back together. Twins was too much of a cross-the-board hit. Breakout. Ivan Reitman again. Ivan Reitman directed junior nick do you like junior i've never seen the whole fucking thing <laughs> no yeah why. as you shouldn't you know it's why so dumb because it sucks it's so dumb it's also kind of sad yeah it's but sad it's got a golden globe nomination for it it's like they tried to kind of make it a drama yeah. and it's weird it has bad comedy beats it's really strange that also it- let's just let's just put this out there mm-hmm. 
By that point, Ivan Reitman is just doing strikeouts after yeah, nothing. Yeah, that's true. He's smoking a lot of weed. He's like pulling ball grips before everything. Like, yeah, yeah. If a dude had a kid, we wouldn't even need chicks anymore or something. I don't know. I don't know what that movie's trying to prove. I don't know what's happening. It's stupid. I'm sorry. It's stupid. It's bad. He makes Eraser, which I saw in the theater, which, yes. Eraser is the ultimate, like, C. <laughs> it is yeah. a C. It, is- it looks like they were setting that up. This is the problem yeah. where his action movies all sort of started looking like Universal Studios action things. Yes. Yes. It, like that last finale scene looked like it could be like a ride that people take through. It's like, oh, no, look out. I got the right. giant guns. Yes. And it's directed by Chuck Russell, who has made a bunch of C movies like The Mask and Nightmare on Elm Street 3. Hold on. And, yes. Hold the fuck on. Yes. Nightmare on Elm Street 3 is pretty dope. Is a B minus. Yeah. I, it's not a C movie. <laughs> it's a B minus. You're right. I, the Dream I saw Wars, that in it's theaters. Dope. It's dope. I'm sorry. Yeah. You're right. But it's. But no, he's he's terrible. He's it's, a terrible director. But you know what's funny? He's not a terrible director. Like, for instance, in Eraser, there are some scenes in it. I remember some scenes from Eraser more than I remember from, you know, Red Heat or something. The part where they have the crazy rail sniper rifle gun that shoots through buildings and has the weird X-ray thing on it. And it has Vanessa Williams in it when she was doing acting <laughs> and um, yeah, it's a C. Yeah. It's a C. It's a racer. It's a C. It's like if you, depending on what part you mm-hmm. catch it on, like TNT, you might finish it, but also yeah. it's like, Oh, you know, this other yeah. movie's not on for half an hour. We could watch this for a little bit. Back in the nineties children, there was a thing called dollar 50 movies where they would take an old Harlem mo- corners. Hell yeah. Uh, they would take an old movie theater that wasn't doing so hot. And then they would just run second run movies, movies that had just gone out of the first run movie theater and you'd pay a dollar 50 to go see it. Eraser was definitely a dollar 50 movie theater. I mean, my brother went to see it, the dollar 50 movies. I wasn't going to pay the seven bucks or whatever to see it. In the first run movies. That's not happening. However, after that, he bounces back and makes one of the great Hollywood classics of all time. The greatest Christmas movie of all time. Eat that shit. It's a wonderful life. <laughs> Eat that shit. Fuck you, Frank Capra. He makes Jingle All The Way! Starring Anakin Skywalker and him and Sinbad in a role that was written for Joe Pesci. And Joe Pesci was like, I'm not doing this. Fuck that noise. Sinbad was like, I'll do this shit. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> To be fair, though, I watch Jingle All the Way like every Christmas. It is fucking insane. Yeah, I remember I lived here for three yeah, years. Yeah, you do it now too. And you're I gonna know. Jingle All the Way. There's no escaping it. It's so Turbo Man. He can't gonna say have to go to Fargo when you put up the Christmas tree. He can't as much as Arnold now speaks perfect English and literally has to take German lessons to keep his accent for like speeches and stuff. He can't say Turbo. Right? Yeah. Turbo Man! Turbo Man! Turbo Man! Which, Rainier Wolf Castle in The Simpsons is obviously based on Arnold yeah. Schwarzenegger. The, the goggles, they do nothing! Um, <laughs> uh, so, the Jingle All the Way, I gotta say, you gotta watch it. You gotta watch it. If you're an Arnold Schwarzenegger fan and you've never seen it, you gotta check it out once. Do you disagree on that? Yeah, completely. <laughs> Sorry. It's so insane. It's so insane. It's maybe one of the craziest Hollywood movies ever made by humans. I don't know. It was 1996. They couldn't have been on cocaine. I don't know what's happening. Diet pills. I don't know what's going on. Diet pills. I'll give you diet pills. Diet pills. They're losing their minds. Phil Hartman is in it. R.I.P. Yes. R.I.P. That's Rita Wilson. That's what's happening. Yes. He bangs Tom Hanks' wife in that movie. Possibly who's banging Phil Hartman. I don't know. That's where I got confused. That's what it is. 
Yeah, he has a weird stretch here because Jingle All the Way, and then the movie I know you've been waiting to talk about. And kind of after this, it's the last really big movie of Arnold, in my opinion. We'll talk about some of later Arnold, but then he makes your movie, Mr. Batman and Robin. Batman and Robin. The Joel Schumacher classic. Joel Schumacher said he wouldn't make it. He would quit. I will fucking quit if there are not fucking goddamn nipples on those costumes and Arnold Schwarzenegger is not fucking Mr. Freeze. I'm out of here. And that was a thing that Joel Schumacher at that point had enough clout to do. After Batman and Robin, he would never have that much clout nope. ever again. Even though he did make that Phantom of the Opera movie that made like 900 million fucking dollars because everyone's aunt went to go see it. Yeah, Mr. Freeze. Jesus Christ. Chill out. It's amazing in that movie that he teams up with mm-hmm. Poison Ivy, considering that their plans to conquer the world are completely different. They're completely different. Everything is a pun. Every character yeah. has only puns. Batman has a credit card. No, oh my it's, God. George Clooney, what are you fucking doing? Dude, what are you doing? Did you not read the script, George? They literally just, they showed him a picture. There was like a picture of him like kissing that Batman. And ended Alicia Silverstone's career. It kind of did. It kind of added Chris, Chris O'Donnell's career. I know. It sort of fucked a lot of people. Yeah. It didn't make any sense. Hi, Uncle Alfred. <laughs> uh, I'm from England. Uh, Am I? Or whatever. Uh, I've decided you're Batgirl. Oh, cool. It is. Yeah, thank you. Thanks. Mm. There are kind of nips on my costume, too. And a butt piece. And a butt piece. Dude, Joel also, Sh- that's my, the same voice as my crystal. Joel Schumacher was definitely smoking meth and just being like, you know what? People watch Batman movies for the nipples and butts in the suits. Calm down, Joel. You calm down, Dad. And he smashes their kitchen table. Uh, and then Joel Silver goes, I'm not your dad. <laughs> why is there so much oh neon? God. Why is that movie anything? Why does it exist? It's You know why? Because Batman Forever was also stupid, but Jim Carrey saved it. He made a Jim Carrey movie. At that time, Jim Carrey was so hot. Disagree. Well, I'm not saying necessarily. No, no, no. He no. saved it like as from being good, but Jim Carrey was so hot at that moment. That anyone would go see anything that Jim Carrey was in. And it Untrue. Be- well, I- People went and saw that movie for Tommy Lee Jones. <laughs> Tommy Lee Jones yes. was everybody's favorite. At that right. point, Was like he was like only 70 years old. Right. So he was literally hot. Val and, Kilmer. Oh, everyone's favorite Batman. Val Kilmer. Val Kilmer. If Val Kilmer doesn't have a ponytail and he's chasing around Al Pacino, just nobody saying, cares. I'm just saying, when he showed up to set and had a ponytail, he's like, Batman has a ponytail on this. And they were like, no, he doesn't. And then he fucking punched the fucking AD in the face. And they were like, can we fire this guy? No, he's Val Kilmer. He's popular now. You can't do it. Yeah. And Joel Schumacher, who's made tons of terrible movies. I'm sorry. Lots of weird, dumb stuff. I don't care about Phone Booth. I don't. Oh, he made Phone Booth. He made Phone Booth. I know everybody (laughs) loves the suck the dick at Lost Boys. I I know. I know. You know what's funny is Lost Boys, though, kind of is like it's fluorescent. It's 80s. It's like a gang of hot boys. It. It makes sense in a way then, but to then make that movie as a gang of fun boys, but one of them is Arnold Schwarzenegger dressed up in all white and polar bear slippers. It, it, it made it, no fucking sense. It made no sense, but I will say when it comes on TV, I definitely watch like 10 minutes of it just because it's such a train wreck. It's so insane. It's so crazy. I mean, you have to turn it off because it's stupid. It's it, horrible. It's horrible, but definitely watch 10 minutes of it. Yeah. Watch 10 minutes of it when you see it randomly. You know, and just watch. I like to put it on at the bar with the sound off and the subtitles on. And a lot of times, like when you're just drinking and then you look up and you're like, oh, this is happening. This is this is fucking stupid. Bane. Bane is oh Bane is God. in here. What's happening? If I it, tear it off your face, will it kill you? It fine. It'll hurt very much. There was supposed to be like a five with like a fifth Batman movie in that line that had like 
I think Nicolas Cage. There was like a bunch of, there was like Superman, Batman, right? There was supposed to be a Superman, Batman with George Clooney, Batman and Nick Cage's Superman and all of this crazy shit. And it literally sank it so hard that Warner Brothers just said, fuck that noise. We're retiring it for a few years and retooling the whole fucking thing. It is so much of a fucking fail. We spent so much on these fucking Taco Bell collector's cups. God damn it. God damn it. That was 97, and they yeah. didn't make back in Batman Begins until 2005. They literally had to They had to back it off. They yeah. had to have – it was so bad, they had to have people forget. They had to sync it with time. It was like getting divorced. Everyone has to forget Batman and Robin all the way before we reboot Batman. And that's kind of the end and allowance of Arnold's career. Yeah. He makes the six-day, another Philip K. Dick adaptation that's – Nowhere near Total Recall. He makes a movie called End of Days, which I actually appreciated him making because he tried to make a horror action movie, and it was kind of cool. Also, $1.50 movie theater. Yeah, directed it- by uh, Peter Hines. Oh, Peter. He did uh, 2010, The Year We Made Contact. Yeah, because I remember. Time Cop. Yeah, it had that and kind sudden of. Sudden Death. And right. It had that yeah. kind of fun but weird. End of Days is okay. End of Days is okay. It's all right. It's not a it's big not, hit. Yeah. He makes collateral damage. No one cares about that. No, which also was supposed to come out September 2001. <laughs> oh, Yeesh. on the 11th? <laughs> yeah. No, because it's a Tuesday, but yeah. A lot of albums came out that day. Yeah. Um, also, that week, um, Glitter came out, and Mariah Carey says, that's why no one went to see Glitter. Fuck you, Mariah Carey. Only film me for my right side. That is my Mariah Carey impression really good thank you thank you he makes terminator 3 rise of the machines which to be fair he kind of deserved it because he'd done it to other people but they fully cut james cameron out they didn't like his idea which we'll get into terminator dark fate later and that me and you have a bit of a gamble on but they didn't make the james cameron story that he wanted to make they instead went with terminator 3 rise of the machines which was made by someone no one remembers um, no one cares. It was directed by someone named Jonathan Mostow. Had Nick Stahl in it, who disappeared for a while. He was homeless. Yeah, that's weird. Claire uh, Danes. Yeah, he directed U571, which is kind of a cool movie. Yeah, he directed a bunch of those 90, late 90 breakdown surrogates, you know, goofy Wait, stuff. Breakdown with Kurt Russell? Yeah. I kind of like that one. I know. He, he's not a bad director. And also, Terminator 3 Rise of the Machines is not terrible. It's not terrible. But when it's Terminator 3... It's a letdown. Here's the problem. Yeah. The first hour of that movie is bad. Yes. The ending of that movie yeah. is kind of amazing. Yes. Yeah. Nobody sees that coming. Also, they fired Galen Hurd midway through, which is never a good idea because Galen Hurd makes movies good. And possibly the ending is good because it was probably Galen Hurd ideas. Yeah. And Also, my favorite story about mm. this is that um, Schwarzenegger didn't want to do it because mm. the camera wasn't going to do it. And then he went and talked to Cameron. He goes, look, you should be in this. Mm-hmm. Make the movie, make it your movie. You be the Terminator how you want. Yeah. But this is what you do. Ask for all the fucking money. <laughs> and he did. And he did. He got He got paid. Yeah. Also, he had made some movies kind of leading up to it, but 2003 is when he becomes the governor. He yeah. is elected the the governor of California. I feel and- like this episode's not complete without mentioning... You should go watch Enron's Smartest Guys in the Room. Yes. Because that's basically the story of how he became the governor mm-hmm. is because those guys ran out fucking Gray Davis. Yeah. And then he came they in. They the, California. They did. And then 
fucking the governor came in on yeah. the heels of that. And kind of like as much as like people in California like hate Republicans, kind of restarted California and yeah. a lot of the stuff he put in place, a lot of the crazy tech shit. Yeah, it's a nightmare in San Francisco because they're literally like turning homeless people into food or something. I don't know exactly what fucking Google is doing, but a lot of that tech boom was because of shit that he put in place. Anyway, but there's like other stuff, a movie called Around the World in 80 Days. Which he's got a cameo in. <laughs> yes, it's a Jackie but, Chan movie. You, know? <laughs> you want to talk about a fail of a fucking movie? You want to talk about a flop? That one is rough. Yeah, he he has Steve a Steve co- Coogan. That's yeah, what it was. Yes, I thought it was. Uh, one, I, I thought it was Owen Wilson. I was about to do my bad Owen Wilson impression. You want to know something crazy? Does. I think that's one of the last movies I ever saw in a dollar fifty movie because that's kind of the end right there in the early two thousands. Died. I don't remember much of that movie. No, how could you? I, it was real stupid. And he doesn't make another movie really until two thousand. So he leaves office. Kinda. He does. Well, he's still in office in two thousand ten, and he does himself a. He has. He has a little. One, yeah. yeah. He's a little cameo. This trench in the. Expendables, which, if you've never seen The Expendables, stars every aging action yeah. movie hero and Kelsey Kramer. He's not into the third one. Oh, that's right. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But, it but Jason Statham's been in all these, and he's he's a lot younger than Sly and Willis and that other guy. They finally, a la Heat, put them together. They finally put them together. People, when are Stallone and Schwarzenegger going to kiss on film? It's in The Expendables 2. Mm-hmm. They kiss for 10 minutes, and they tweak Tongue. each other's nipples. It's hot. Tongue. Hot. Hot. I've seen all The Expendables movies. I don't remember anything about them other than I was blown away by the fact that Dolph Lundgren has become a much better actor. Yeah. Yeah. That, and there's that scene where Stallone is flying his little, like, ocean boat. Uh-huh. And he has so much fucking Botox. Yeah. It takes him a solid 10 seconds to form a <laughs> smile. Because every yes. part of his is... Oh. There's <laughs> so many of those dudes with the, like, anabolic steroids, like, super muscular, but clearly, like, their bodies are aging because they're in their, like, 60s, but they, like, are still doing so much weird steroids and working out. So they got that weird later Hulk Hogan body, you know, where it's, like, muscular but, like, sagging. They look like Ric Flair. You know what I'm talking about? It's got Ric Flair looks good. Ric Flair. Also, Ric Flair, the nature boy, claims he's never done steroids, and even when he had fucking cancer, fucking deadlifted 600 pounds. Nice. Yeah. So, woo! Woo! Fuck Yeah. But he definitely. I don't really care about Ric Flair, right. except that he promotes women, yeah. fur coats, yeah. cocaine. His daughters are awesome, dude. They are great. Fucking, he loves cocaine. Mostly going off of uh, Run the Jewels, uh, <laughs> over under. I don't know anything. Also, about the Ric character Flair. that uh, Will Ferrell plays in Eastbound and Down. That's Ric Flair. <laughs> it's, yeah. It is Ric, Ric Flair. Is from North Carolina. He has car dealerships. He shows up at random shit with sunglasses on and is like, out of my way, <laughs> fucking. I run this town. I went to a Charlotte Hornets basketball game one time and Ric Flair was sitting three rows in front of us and some guy couldn't handle it. And he was like, Rick, Rick, I love you. And Rick just turned around and went, woo. It was great. And um, then there's a lot of crap. There's a lot of crap. The last stand we were talking about, which is a, uh, a Johnny Knoxville directed and produced, wrote it. (laughs) No, the cinematography. It's actually made by Jaewoon Kim. Who's a Korean director. It's a lot of like, Korean action movies, but also, you know, kind of weird horror movies that made some money, but no one really remembers. I saw the devil. I will say this. It's basically, I was telling you earlier, it's assault on preset 13, but with jokes and with Johnny Knoxville and Schwarzenegger, it's more fun than it should have been. It's more fun than it's allowed to be. Yeah. It's kind of fun. It really is. It's kind of a fun, doofy movie. 
you know, if it's on TV or something, check it out. He gets back with Stallone to make escape plan where they escape. Ugh. Guess what? They have a plan to escape from jail. It's stupid. He's in a Bud Light commercial. He's in a movie called Sabotage, which I've never seen. He's Richard Ayer made mm, that. Yes. He went on to make the masterpiece um, Suicide Squad. Oh, what a masterpiece. Yeah. What a masterpiece. Man, I definitely didn't openly sigh for every 10 seconds I saw that movie. But I, saw I felt bad for Ike Barinholtz having to try and save it in Punch Up. I rented that. We, yes, and then yes, I watched did. it during the day with somebody else. And then mm-hmm. you guys came home mm-hmm. and we watched it then. And then uh, the next day I was at my parents' house and there was a commercial for it. And my mom goes, did you see that? I go, I saw it yesterday. It's so weird you asked. She goes, what did you think? I look at my mother. I go, you know how like you watch a porno and you feel bad for the actors in it? And she's like, yeah. I'm like, no. you feel worse for the people in this than you do for people who are in porno. And she goes, holy fuck. Fuck, that's terrible. I am on the record. I don't feel bad for people in Porta. I think they're having a I great time. I feel bad for everyone in yeah. a porn film. Definitely modern stuff. A lot of people are having a good time. A lot of people are. But how many porn stars are there compared to people who are doing like weird amateur shit where it's like yeah. halfway through it turns into something else they don't want to do? Maybe. I don't think so, dude. I think a lot of these people who are like have like Lena Love and stuff who have these like huge porn home pay, you know, uh, Riley Reed and these people who are like, you know, who get guest spots on, you know, Rick and Morty and stuff. I mean, there there's a crossover more than there ever has been of like porn stars being in the mainstream and yeah, everyone thinking it's cool and them being independent business people, particularly the women in porn and really running their own show and having their own deal. And I don't think it's as weird. You're right. Like the deuce. The 1970s, 1980s, it feels creepy and weird, and a lot of people appear to not want to be there. I don't think it's as much like that anymore. I think I don't think there's as many porn stars as you think there are. Oh, I'm just people who are no, dude, money, no, dude, like porn stars who make stuff and have Pornhub pages and have like 10 million followers on Instagram and basically just get paid to fuck hot dudes and have people talk to them like online. It's really crazy. It's literally, they're influencers now. You know what I'm saying? They're super attractive women who just use I'm not being like condoning it. I'm yeah. just saying you can watch something where somebody's in it and you could tell they're uncomfortable. That's that stuff's feel, weird, but yeah. I'm saying that I think I'm there's, saying there's more of that than there are people mm-hmm. who are have 10 million followers mm-hmm. on Instagram. I don't know. I, but that's like everything. There's, there's a lot of mainstream movies where a lot of people appear to not want to be there. And are bad at it. It's any type of art form. Some people are rocking it and are into it, and some people are like, "This is not for me." I don't know, but that's a whole separate. So we can get we can have a porn episode if you want. We can go to that. That's fine. Really? Yeah. No, it's happening. You signed the contract, and (laughs) you're in for life. He makes a movie called Sabotage. No one cared about that. Uh, He makes Suspendables three. Cool. He made an episode of Two and a Half Men. He made a movie called Maggie, which was kind of weird, which was about his zombie daughter. That was him trying to make a weird art movie. And it was mediocre is the correct term. Terminator Genesis. That's your favorite one, right? Mm -hmm. I think that's the first Terminator that was beyond stupid. I think McG, yes. Terminator Genesis. No. He directed, McG directed Terminator Salvation, which Arnie wasn't in. Oh, but there was was like a CGI version. Taylor. Yeah, whoever that is. Yeah, a lot of stuff I didn't see. And I think everyone didn't see. Killing Gunther, that's a big movie that everyone cares about. Journey to China, The Mystery of the Iron Mask. You know, that's a, a movie that came out. And that's the end for Arnold Schwarzenegger. However, me and Nick have a little bet going. I think. 
the James Cameron written and produced November 1st, 2019 release of what James Cameron calls the actual third Terminator movie, a movie called Terminator Dark Fate, which has Schwarzenegger, has Linda Hamilton, has apparently a Michael Bean cameo, has Eddie Furlong. And apparently, he if this is true, if the pictures are true, Eddie Furlong looks good. It has Tim Miller, the guy who directed Deadpool. I just think it could rock. It really could rock. It really, Tim Miller came from our boy, Edgar Wright. Edgar Wright. He was uh, he was an Edgar Wright dude. He was a cinematographer for Ed Wright for a long time. A lot of those cool camera techniques you saw in Deadpool. I think it could rock. I don't know. Nick thinks it's going to be a flop. We have a case of White Claw, and we, one of us has to pierce our dick if we lose on the line. Um, I'm going to go with more of a, you know, a Prince Albert than an Emerson. I feel like that's you know, cooler. It just looks cooler. I don't know. Super producer Brian Taps, are you excited about Terminator Dark Fate? <laughs> He's shrugging. <laughs> He's shrugging on a podcast. Um, I think they should stop making Terminator movies. I'm curious. This is the first time in a long time I've been curious about a Terminator movie, though. This is the first time I've been like, I'm going to watch it. I'm going to see it. I want to see Terminator Dark Fate. But yeah, so I think that ends Arnold Schwarzenegger, at least in terms of his filmography. I think it's time. It's time for your favorite portion of the Blockbuster Film School. It's time for the Blockbuster Wall. Cue Blockbuster Wall sound effect. Blockbuster Wall. Nick, what is your four? Four is Terminator. The Ridge? The Ridge. So good. So good. It's... I also really like Michael Bean in that movie. He's like, great. Man, it's so good. The scene where he's in the police station and they're interviewing him and he's flipping out. He's an elect. He's your fucking heart out. Yeah. Oh, oh, great chase scene. Something we didn't mention. Schwarzenegger is involved in so many great chase scenes. Great iconic chase scenes. That movie, the opening chase scene. So much good shit. I agree. Terminator's great. It's definitely on my wall. I'm going to say four for me is... I'm going to say Twins. Twins is my four. I love Twins. I love Danny DeVito. I love Schwarzenegger in that movie. They're hilarious. The whole thing is crazy. It's at the height of his powers, Ivan Reitman. It's fucking hilarious. Do you like Twins, Nick? I do. Mm. What's your three, bad boy? My three, I don't even, like, believe myself when I say this. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I'm going to go with Commando. <sighs> It's pretty great. It's kind of so dumb. It's amazing. He's wearing like a flak jack with no shirt underneath yeah. for most of it. He's wearing awesome camo face makeup. The <laughs> end scene is him and the dude who stole a daughter who used to work with in CIA having a knife fight. There's so many insane like Arnold just dropping F-bombs and being like, you fucking son of a bitch and blowing people. It's so crazy. I agree with your decision. I'm going to say three for me is... Predator. I absolutely love Predator. It stands up. Like you said, it's a perfect movie. It's genuinely a perfect yeah. movie. You can watch it now. It's hilarious, too. I once went to a party where someone was showing bad movies. They were going to show bad movies. And there were some that were stupid. And one of them was Predator. And I was like, have you ever seen Predator? And they're like, no, it's a stupid Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. It, to be here. fair, though, to be fair, though, they turned it on. And the first movie we watched, I don't even remember what it was. It was like, and everyone was just making fun of it and it was dumb. It was a sudden impact. It was a JCBD movie. It is dumb. And then they turned on Predator and no one made any jokes. Everyone just watched it, watched it all the way to the fucking end. And then at the end, everyone was like, 
Okay, so that wasn't a bad movie. That was fucking awesome. There's all these like, you know, hipster kids that were friends with one of my ex-girlfriends and they were, they, oh, oh, I made a mistake. <laughs> it's fucking Predator. And also another super iconic, the Predator, that character. Also a little fun fact, they wanted him to make Predator 2 and he almost did it, but then Cameron was like, dude, we got to shoot Terminator 2. Yeah. And on second thought, <laughs> I've decided to make Terminator 2. What's your two? I want to preface this before mm. I say this. The mm. last time I watched this movie was in uh, February. Uh-oh. And I got really high because yes. I was super excited. It was on Amazon Prime. Yes. And I started watching it, and it just sort of the younger actor in this sort of bummed me out. Uh-oh. So I watched the entire movie on mute while listening to a weird new wave mix mm. that I was listening to on Spotify. But – all I'm saying this is because I still love this movie so much, yeah. I couldn't actually stop watching it. Yes. Number two is Expendable Terminator stuff. 2. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. And it would be my two, but only because you said it, I'll let my wall be different than yours, but God damn, it's fucking Terminator it's 2. It's Terminator 2. It's amazing. Just watch it, you clowns. Yeah. Uh, if you've never also, seen- Also, and just to go back to him, his yeah. conversation with Cameron, yeah. they worked that into this, because like- He's walking out the fucking, he's like, I'll take care of the police. Hey, you swore. He turns around. He's standing in the fucking doorway that he blew the fuck up. He goes, yes. trust me. Trust me. Oh, dude, he did. Yeah. Holy shit. That that was kind of, oh, he wanted it already. Yeah. He knew it. He oh, knew it. man. It's so fucking good. That chase scene in that, I would argue, is the coolest yeah. chase scene in the history of cinema. It's amazing. Also, I don't usually, I don't want to do this ever again, but mm. I want to put this out there. I wound up writing a piece that night, mm-hmm. and the title of that piece is a combination of Terminator 2 dialogue and the Devo album. <laughs> question, are we men? Answer, no, we are Devo. So this, the title of this piece I wrote was, question, come with me if you want to live. Yes. Answer, would it be bad if I just stayed here? <laughs> Hasta la vista, baby. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Chill out, dickhead. <laughs> There's so much. Yes. Oh, dude. I could literally just go through and quote... Terminator 2. Uncle Bob. <laughs> Children being nuked at the yeah, beginning. Like, yeah. kids get nuked at the beginning of that fucking movie. Also, <laughs> Sarah Connor has PTSD not only from yes. being attacked from a Terminator in the first movie, also, but from watching the end of the world in also, her dreams. how about that shit? How about, like, we didn't even talk about, A, how awesome Linda Hamilton is in those She's movies. She's amazing. But, like, that... She in the first movie starts as just this. She's a scream queen. Yeah, she's getting attacked. She's got a little bit. She rides a scooter to work. You know, she's a little bit not like the others. She is a waitress and it sucks. Server. Excuse me. Yes. She is a a (laughs) server. Um, The outfit she has to wear in the original Terminator as a server is terrible. That fucking dude put that kid puts the ice cream in her pocket. Such good Cameron shit. Like, yeah. just that, thinking of that. But by the end, she's already been toughened up by what's about to happen to her. And then in Terminator 2, she's chained to a nut bin bed and puts the pills under her tongue and then beats the living shit out of I these rapist orderlies and is ready to rock, like, ready to kick ass when she's firing off the crazy grenade shotgun thing into T-1000 with molten lava going everywhere. Spoiler alert for how awesome that movie is. But she is now this awesome action hero. And 
it's the thing that I'm most excited about about Dark Fate is the idea that maybe actually instead of the weird way they made Linda Hamilton, you know, Sarah Connor's character, that maybe it actually goes in that trajectory again and she's even crazier and even more Mad Max and ready to kill robots. I just think, yeah, T2, Sarah Connor as a f- also part of the zeitgeist. I mean, you could say Sarah Connor or John Connor and people kind of know what that is. My number two, I'm, I'm having trouble uh, – because there's two for my two, but I'm going to say Total Recall. Uh, I love Paul Verhoeven. I love how weird that movie is. I love that it changed sci-fi in the 90s. I love that it's PKD, but it's PKD on speed. It's crazy shit. A man has to pull a bug out of his brain through his nose, and you get to watch it. The special effects in that at the time blew everyone's mind. But I think they don't look great, but they age well in a campy way like some of those 90s action movies when he has to go through the screening process and it's an x-ray and they see the gun and it just zeroes in on it and they start shooting his way out of a spaceport. It's crazy shit. Total Recall, Sharon Stone's awesome. We, we went over it, but man, do yourself a favor. Watch Total Recall if you've never seen it. Nick has his Total Recall tattoos. Several. <laughs> Several. He just says that a tattoo of when Arnold's face mask breaks and he dies in a dream sequence and and his eyes bug out of his head. It's phenomenal. It's phenomenal. I'm sorry. It's total recall. And if you've never seen it at this point, obviously we always say this, but if you haven't seen the blockbuster wall, you need to see the blockbuster wall. These are the ones you need to see. This is it. This is why we kind of alternate. They coincide, but this is the blockbuster wall. Nick, what is your number one? Uh, my number one has only become my number one in the last couple mm. of years. It's always been one of my favorites, but Predator. Yeah, it's great. Perfect movie. Perfect. Perfect. Because not only is Arnold good, not only are the effects good and the action <sighs> good and the fucking horror part's mm. good, but it's also, like we said, all the supporting cast. Everyone's amazing. Bill Duke yeah. freaking the fuck out. I'm going to have me some fun. I'm going to have me some fun. And then we got fucking uninsurable Sonny Lundum mm-hmm. just fucking... He's the only person you see who doesn't die because he decides to fight the predator. Yeah. He has an honorable death. Yes. Although you do see his skull and his spine, like yeah. he's in Mortal Kombat. Oh. But it's a fucking, it's amazing movie. It's so good, start to finish. Yes, everything about it's great. Uh, so simple. It's, it's like so it's simple. Like, God, how did I not think of this? How did it's so simple and perfect? It, oh. Also, when this came out, though, you were like four. That is true. That yeah. is true. Yeah. I think I was. I think I might have been younger. Yeah, yeah, I was eighty-seven. <laughs> yeah, I was four. Yeah. Um, I also remember a close family friend, um, Gretchen, who I always assumed was like this very like nice lady who like, and then she just one day told me about this story where she saw Predator four times in the theater. And I was like, "You're cool." <laughs> it's just it had that appeal i'm just saying like it it is that good it's that good where if you like rom-coms it doesn't matter it's that good a movie it doesn't you don't like action movies you don't like arnold schwarzenegger it doesn't matter it's that fucking cool it's that good you need to see it i have to throw my honorable mention which is kindergarten cop i love it i genuinely love it it's genuinely hilarious as well but my number one is conan what is best in life to crush your enemies See them driven before you, and to hear the lamentation of the women. Listen, Conan the Barbarian is the fucking craziest fucking movie you will ever fucking see. It is bananas. I'm putting it out there. Nick and shit on it, it's fine. If you've never seen Conan the Barbarian, you do yourself a favor. There's nothing like it. No one's ever made a hyper-violent, hyper-sexualized 
action movie that was made by an amazing director. It's crazy. It's genuinely crazy. No one will ever make that movie again. You'll never see it again. It's Conan the Barbarian. And James Earl Jones is a cult leader who turns into a snake. It's amazing. It is amazing. The violence is so visceral and awesomely filmed, awesomely shot. The Conan the Barbarian sword, Arnold Schwarzenegger kept it above his fucking desk when he was the governor, right? There's something about it. It it made He-Man. It made He-Man and the Masters of the Universe a thing. It also is this cool zeitgeist. It made fantasy cool again. There'd be no Lord of the Rings movie without Conan. Honestly, it is. I will defend Conan the Barbarian until my dying day. I love it. I think it's amazing. Well, that's, uh, I think that's it. I think we did it. I, I think we did it. I think we did a great job. I think you're doing a great job, Brian Tapps. Super producer Brian Tapps. Nick, you got any last uh, Arnie things you want to toss in there? He's not a perfect human being, but no. none of us are. He's no. uh, very entertaining, and um, he's paid for what he's done, right. which if we is ha- better than most people. Agreed. So. If we have to have a Republican president, I wish it was Arnold Schwarzenegger. Let's put it that way. Yeah. I feel like things would be going a lot better. Till then, I'm just going to watch The Joker too many times and then start a crime spree. <laughs> well, everybody... That's been an episode of Blockbuster Film School. Come back next week. We'll have a great time and teach you a lot of dumb shit. I will mess up, but don't worry. I will be called on it. It'll work out because this is a film school where you learn shit, even me. So remember, drive your car real fast, do drugs, do whatever you want. Civilization's collapsing. We'll see you next week.